Just so you know, when one of us wins the lottery, our podcast studio is going to have these on all of the walls. Yeah. You did a very expensive thing to me, Mark. Thank you. I, I do apologize, but I also <laughs> don't because I feel like I brought life into your life. Yes. That that's how cool Nano Leaf Lines is. We are not sponsored by Nano Leaf Lines, but we we could be. <laughs> we would be. They want to sponsor us, we'd be cool with that. One hundred percent would be sponsored by y'all. I'm enjoying this way too much. Halloween. I should not do um monster creation. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Um, I never said this before, but my my mental visage of that creature that we fought and harvested luxury pelts from, I pictured to be like a furry silt strider, like a small furry silt strider from like from Morrowind. But only it didn't. Did the silt striders float? They they walked, right? I don't know. Oh, they totally walked. They're still creepy hell beasts. I don't think we're going to get through everything that I have planned out for my spooky episodes, but I'd like to get through some of it. I'm kind of excited. But yes, back to welcome to In Essentia, where we talk about golf and golf related topics. Uh, Steve's getting close to the green. And it looks like he's bringing out the, uh, the five wedge. Steve going for the quad bogey putt. Let's see how this works for him. Looks like he's gripping his wood real firmly. Oh, and, and unfortunately he's fallen into the sand trap. Uh, it looks like that's going to be a, a major time sink. <laughs> uh, Steve pulling a driver out on the deck. Uh, let's see how this... Steve pulling a driver out in the deep rough. Steve pulling the waiters out of his club bag. Looks like he's going to pull a happy Gilmore. He's he's grabbed a rifle from his bag. Uh, that alligator is very angry looking. Let's see how this plays out. Why does he have dynamite? <laughs> Fun fact. in So in tournament play in golf, you are limited to a certain quantity of clubs in your bag. Um, technically, having a ball fisher, if you haven't seen it, it's like a telescoping thing where you can scoop ball out of the water, counts as a club. And in high school at Phillips, I played on the golf team and there were like multiple people on the team that chose to have a ball fisher as a club in their club bag. Interesting move. Yeah. It seems like a useful thing. I would take it. It is. If you lose a ball, Yeah, but like you still take the stroke penalty. I also have a high school golf team story. My high school was going to have a girl's golf team and I was the only one who tried out for it. So you got varsity, right? Uh, you can't have a team with one person. <laughs> says I'm says the man though, right? Like you could put the team on your back. There's yeah, there's an I in that kind of team because it's just you. I'm I'm fairly certain that uh, half of the teams at Phillips would not have been a team had they not had like one or two people from multiple schools. So back to the task at hand. Yeah, let's kick the shindig off. Sorry, I derailed us for a little bit there. I'm a little, I'm a little lubricated right now. No, no, we're really good at that. I've been lubricating for about the last hour, so I'm 
Feeling pretty good. We are in absentia. We are an actual play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. My name is Steve, the GM. I'll be running the show tonight and essentially trying to grind my characters into dust. And joining me is Mark. Hi, I am Mark. I will not relent. And I play Zigrit, the Dragonborn Sorcerer, who has far more HP than any sorcerer should have. And Anne. I'm Anne. I play the Kenku Rogue, and I see all, so, you know. Now. Yeah. I do now. I have a history of not noticing Jackal. And then we have John. Help me! Help me! It's it's October. I have to make uh, horror movie references. Uh, I'm John. Gotta make a fly reference. Yep, a fly reference. I'm John. I play Quill, the tabaxi wizard. Who would like to do our recap from last time? I I haven't done it in a while. I think I could handle it. Uh, so last time, continuing our journey from the orc encampment outside Dogobon to Ragoon, the, the city off to the southwest. Correct. Continue with the prospects of us like practicing our talents, learning some hand signs and just general quality of life things from uh, Story and teaching Story a bit of magic here and there. Though we, we did kind of start out the session pretty roughly by having a big throwdown with some boars that were a little... I don't know what their problem was. I don't know why they were there. But we uh, we fought them. They fought us. They did some damage to story, and then we killed them all and made them bacon. But yeah, after that, we we traveled more. We had some uh, light connecting moments where everyone kind of communicated with each other and talked about magic. And at the end, as we wrapped out the session, Quill revealed his spellbook to Ziggurat, and they had a nice chat about why he doesn't use a lot of magic because the spellbook is pretty, pretty beat up. And as it was being handed back to Quill, a sheaf of paper fell out revealing that uh, an old acquaintance of Quill's had stuffed some extra magic in the uh, not so good spellbook. And, and then uh, everyone, everyone gave Quill a, a very robust family petting which is which makes him seem like a house cat scratch right above your tail and then i believe we ended with uh, well I, uh, well first of all not to underplay the amount of like awesome role yeah. playing and character development we had kind of getting a basis for story to also have some spells on her repertoire um ziggert got a chance to explain some of uh how he interacts with magic compared oh, yeah. to quill uh, to story so she can kind of lay a base which means i am now up to mage hand true strike and shield our dm is going to throw me off a cliff and then i believe we ended with ziggurat on his final watch or on the final watch of the night encountering a a very ethereal forest creature deer like glowy creature that bumped his hand as he was overtaken with curiosity. Uh, the creature, by the way, was not threatening by any sense 
or stretch of the imagination. For now. Just to back us up and set the scene, you had initially just caught the glimpse of this glimmer of light in the pre-dawn coming through the forest and just silently gliding over the mast on the forest floor. It slowly made its way through the trees towards you. And then, again, you noticed no, you had no inkling that there was any threat or danger coming from this creature. And this kind of, uh, I think you said, iridescent, deer-like creature walked up to you and you put your hand out and started raising its nose up to your hand and that's where we faded to black. So, as the creature raises its snout and it touches Ziggurat's hand, you feel a tingle of warmth spread from your fingertips and you notice the back of your arm your scales begin to shimmer and glow in places, much like it does when you draw from the font of power when you cast one of your sorcerer spells. As it fades, your scales retain a little bit of the glow at the edges. And when you look up, the forest has kind of faded to a ghostly shade of its once former self. And it seems not necessarily shadowy, but almost semi-transparent. And the only things that seem solid is the fire from the fire pit, story, quill, yourself, and then looking at the deer, it seems somehow much more solid than it did a few moments ago. As you look into its face, its eyes are shimmering pools of black and tiny pinpricks of light like stars shining out from them. And breaking the silence, a voice emanates from every tree and leaf and twig in the forest. A rolling, raspy voice of dry leaves and tree branches in the wind. Dragonborn. Sorcerer. Bearer of the key. Long have the gold dragon sorcerers been gone from my land. And longer still have you kept your charge. The Ash Lord walks again, and his power grows. The end is beginning again. You must prepare for the coming conflict, and remember the ways of your peoples. Yes. Right. Let's give this a try. And I focus and I look up, thinking of lessons and tales that my father had taught me of being a sorcerer and tapping into magic in planes beyond. 
through me as a focus. And I grip the wand in my hand and I stare up at a pine bough about 30 feet away. And I focus and I try to sit just on that pine bough. The world shifts and suddenly you're on the, the limb. Oh, right. It worked. Uh, hmm. Yes, Lord. Right. Um, thank you, whoever you are. Um, uh, taught me something from my past. And uh, it'll be used um, in the right way. Thank you. Thank you. I will pay my room back with these skills. And then I climb down from the tree. The deer steps towards you again. No payment is required, but be prepared. In the lands north of Ragoon, the forest itself is endangered from becoming corrupted from the Ash Lord's influence. Even now, his tendrils spread through the mines where the forest is weakened. Tendrils spread through mines. So, I'm not going to our determined destination just yet. Understood. I don't know how to commune, but I assume you can hear me. And north we shall go. Go to Ragoon. But do not tarry. Expeditiously. Thank you. Um, whichever god or deity of the Fae you are, You've been heard, and you will be honored. And he stops for just a moment and waits. As... Before you go, you mentioned the bloodline of the gold dragons. Are my parents near? Or am I on the right track? Finding my parents or my purpose am I the last are the others stares intently at you you are not and will not be the last of the gold dragon sorcerers there's other dragonborns out there yes even now collectives of the gold dragons prepare. They must be warned and they must be readied. Where do I find them? That I cannot tell you. My influence beyond these lands is limited. Right. Not here. I'll continue my search while me in the group weed out the corruption. And as to your parents. Hmm? I don't know their fate. Hey. But as leaves turn on the branches of trees, 
and inevitably fall. Fate triggers one action and another. I sense you will be rejoined with them before they end. Oh. Oh. It does me well. Thank you for this news. Go, Dragoon. The Ash Lord's corruption spreads. Go. Now! And a wind whips up behind you. The light from your scales fades, and you are jolted back. The woods are again solid. Story and Quill, you are woken up to the fierce wind and leaves whipping past. Pushing you to the southwest. Um, morning, you two. Yeah, it was not me this time. Story kind of looks because you have an air of knowing <laughs> what that was. Um, I'll explain on the way. There's been a bit of urgency. Let's pack up camp. Breakfast on the way, on the road. Urgency. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, I can. Oh no, where's my pack? Quill, uh, Quill probably finds his pack has tumbled away from where <laughs> it's supposed to be. Get, Ziggert starts to pack up camp and gets things together for everybody. At this point, like during his watch, he probably already packs his tent and everything. So he's probably generally packed up already just because that's just probably what he does to speed things along anyway. But he pack, helps uh, Quill and Story pack their things too, as he can. Has some dried food and veggies, fruits or whatever, out and hands it off to Quill and Story and says, Sorry, no hot breakfast this morning. It's fine. Uh, can't enjoy bacon every day. So on the road as we go along, Zigret just kind of explains a little bit of what happened and says, um, you've probably picked up, but uh, as part of the Gold Dragon Clan, um, we're actually pretty close to nature. In fact, we tend to ally ourselves with druids and elves. Uh, I can only speak to my experiences with the local druids around my estate. Regardless, long, long ago, uh, we intertwined with the Feywilds. Granted, our magic is from dragons. Um, dragons themselves have connection with the Feywilds. And long story short, the Feywilds found me. Um, that's what the wind was about. You'll have to trust me. Uh, please. <laughs> it sounds weird, even as, as I say it. Still processing. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, um, when we get to Ragoon, we're now not heading towards the capital. Um, I believe we'll run into more of the Burnt Hand, and we'll find his mark in Ragoon. And there'll be work to do there. You, you've you put enough faith, both of you, you put enough faith in me. I can uh, 
I can see my way to taking things on faith for a bit. Much appreciated. Um, he, it's weird. Um, still processing myself, like I said, but I think there's difficulties ahead. We should prepare ourselves, and uh, haste is required. Uh, judging by the wind that you felt, that was whatever Fay Lord contacted me. That's his urging us on. You head out. I think last time, where did you guys make camp? It was in the beginnings of the the old forest mm-hmm. around Dragoon. Yeah, we were about three days down the road from where we had doubled back. Like from from that part where we met the road again, we were about three days in. Yeah, I think you were. Most of the way there. I think so. I think we were about one and a half days, if I remember. You guys head down the road. As you go, the forest seems to get older, more mountainous. You see larger boulders mixed in. Some of these trees, they're sprouting almost right outside of the mountain. The high road begins to climb. Not all the way up the mountains or anything like that, but you can almost see the dip in the trees on the mountainside where the road kind of climbs up towards the foot of the mountains. And the first day in, because we, you know, you have about a day, day and a half, I think I said. And if you guys are booking pretty good, yeah, it goes pretty uneventfully, but the terrain is just getting a little tougher. Mechanically speaking, It doesn't change anything. It's just more for flavor. But it does get a little more treacherous. And there are areas where the high road is almost carved into the foot of the mountains. The next day, you guys head out. As you start approaching what Ziggurat would assume, just knowing what he knows of the terrain in the area, the sunlight starts filtering through the tree canopy and you can start to smell smoke and civilization long before you can see or hear it. As you start going through these denser woods, the sides of the road seem to have been cut back quite a bit making way for carts to haul lumber back and forth from town. And there's essentially just lumber logging lanes through the woods here and there with thick ruts where wagons would have gone back and forth trying to bring timbers back to town. As you round one last bend in the path, the forest opens up, revealing a surprisingly large and bustling town. Carts clack up and down the road laden with ore and stone. Vendors are shouting their wares back and forth. Dirty but well-dressed civilians walk behind the wagons or ride on the back of them heading into the town from the hills. Empty wagons head out of town especially towards the north, into the mountain. Can Ziggert flag one of the wagons down as they pass by? Absolutely. Oi, um, lots of travel going out of the mountains. What's going on here? Because that's 
That's where we have our main supply for stone and ore. Didn't you know, Rangoon, that's our main export is our ore and rock for the capital for their fancy pavers. Those bridges don't make themselves. I thought it might be crab would be. That's fair. Story is signing. Nice. Nice. Crab Rangoon's. I had thought of that joke at one point. <laughs> I've been waiting for it. Ziggur goes, right. Uh, new to town. Uh, apologies. It just seemed odd that you're bringing a lot of people in, um, leaving with empty carts. Uh, so mostly quarry work? Yeah. Oh, just outside of town, as I said, we're we're getting loads of, of more of the rare rock and stone. For the capital that we can trade. And also we have mines for ore and gems up in the mountains. Any uh, rumors coming out of those mines? You know, I've 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 heard one or two of the villagers complain, whining about something. But, you know, I, I haven't seen anything myself. You have to understand that there's lots of different mines and lots of quarries up to the north of town. It's 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 a big town. Yeah. You uh you wouldn't by any chance know if they struck any diamond veins at all? I would not be surprised. You could check with the jeweler in town and see if he's bought anything off of any of the mining companies. I, I will have to thank you. You're welcome. Bill uh thanks in words and action and I flip a, a silver to him. And he grabs it and Thank you kindly. Well, take care. Flicks the reins and heads on out of town. Between the wagons, you see well-dressed town folk riding on horseback, occasionally pressing their way through the pedestrians and the road. Where Hightower seemed to be kind of a dying town, and Dolgobin seemed to be the last vestige of civilization in the middle of nowhere, Ragoon is doing just fine. The smell of burning metal that tang hangs in the air and stacks of smoke rise up into the air from the hills in the north and to the west of town. Story notices that even though this town isn't the size of the type of city she's used to, this seems more well off. The average wealth in this town, even for the poorer folk, seems to be way above what she's used to. Nowhere do you see any obvious gangs, but you do see a lot of large, apparently working class miners and healthy mix of humans, dwarves and gnomes. Could you all give me a perception check, please? 13. Ziggurat, you don't see any dragonborn, but you are seeing a lot of different peoples that are commingling in this town. And it gives you just that little bit of hope. He feels a little more excited about this. Like, hmm, this is his kind of town. And you're kind of feeling like maybe this was the right choice. Yeah. And his perception of what a city was would have been like was far less like, oh, this is just humans is more like, OK, this is what as a kid I envisioned a city being having been around very few humans, <laughs> to be honest. And then Quill. Quill got 15. Will, over the the clamor and noise of the city, you 
do hear a couple of quiet voices crying. It seems to stand out. Obviously, this is a big town. There's still going to be people who have hardship, no matter where it is, no matter how wealthy the populace is. But it it just kind of stands out from the crowd. Quilla mentally tells Rava to, to keep out from underfoot, but go look and tell me what's going on over there. And Rava jets through the crowd, just dodging, and dipping and ducking and diving and dodging people's feet and the hooves of horses. Eventually, she makes her way a little ways down the road. There's a small, modest home by the standards of here. It's still way nicer than almost every home in Hightower. But for this place, it's fairly modest. It's got a well-manicured yard, and she skirts around back, and you see two elderly people crying, holding a doll. I should say Rava does. There's some people nearby that uh, seem to be in more dire straits than most. I don't know if we want to do anything first, but they might uh, you might know something of what's going on. Dory, what's your take on the situation here? You're more familiar with the urban environment. Besides, yeah, you find the poor people. They're normally where my contacts are. What was your perception roll? It's a 19. Nice. You always have the best perception. Well, my passive is 19, so I rolled just to see if I beat my passive. I also rolled a 19. So the story, you glancing about using your thief's eye, you notice that there might not be any open signs of gang or criminal activity. You do see several groups of rough-looking characters wearing green and blue livery. And immediately, just glancing at them, you see that they have uh, kind of these rough clubs. And you're just, you're getting this impression that maybe, maybe they've got some sort of, some sort of con or like protection ploy going. Just something's tingling. In the back of your mind. Pricklin' your feathers. I don't tell the boys that. I take note of it, but I don't... There's still a little green behind the ears. For those of us at home who were born after the, the 17th century, livery means uniform. Thank, thank you for that. Or for those in America, used term in the UK. Also, I was embarrassingly old when I found out that... A fortnight was two weeks. I knew that relatively young. I had a weird upbringing. I don't say. What do you guys want to do now that you're in an actual town? I, I think work is a pretty good plan. I am honestly a little bit dead broke myself. And sorry, I know we, we don't have to worry about that as much. But uh, these these people that are nearby... It, some amount of honest work, especially if it gets us closer to what you were talking about, cigarette might be in order. Before we do, um, you mentioned wanting to see a jeweler. Does it happen to have anything to do with a spell? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, one that I, I had learned and actually have prepared for some time, a chromatic orb. Ah, I know exactly the one. My father's favorite. Requires quite a... a Sizable gem at this current time. See what the jewelers have. 
Yeah, I don't mind that first. Which way to the jeweler? You're just going to ignore the old crying couple? Oh, yeah, sure. You could stop by the old crying couple. The footnote in the ledger of history. (laughs) Ignored crying couple momentarily to see how much diamonds cost. Um, this story, probably a good point. Um, let's help out those people over there that you were talking about, Quill. Seems to be a good way to find honest work, even though all work is honest, as long as you do the job. Yeah. Pointed look. Do I hear a hint of reproach in stories? And do I hear just a smidge of shame from (laughs) Zekrin? So these nice old people who are uh, desperately clinging to a doll, how uncomfortable are they by three random weirdos approaching them? Well, I mean, they're in their backyard, first of all. So this is real weird. They just see a bird over their, like, hedge. Well, they probably first see the seven-foot silver-scaled dragonborn. Well, like, do they have a fence? No, it's open yard. Oh. They see a bird from around a dragonborn? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hi there. Didn't hear you crying back here or anything. How's it going? Honestly, they're pretty wrapped up in their crying and sadness. They don't really pay much attention to you right away. They're, they're just clinging to each other with this doll. Ziggurat kind of makes himself a little smaller. Oi, anything there we can help with? So you're crouching? Um, Let's say I'm like... He's trying to be more approachable. Yeah, I get down and I, I do crouch. I'm like, bleat, crouching at, at him. Not like menacingly leading forward. No, <laughs> but like... Okay. Trying to trying to be a little more approachable. And I mean, note that Ziggurat does have a charisma of 18. <clears throat> um you just exude like the friendliness. Yeah. Friendliest long-fanged lizard person ever. Long fangs. I have big, yeah. you know, fan ears. I was going to say I think he also has the most charisma of the group, so, you know, it is my defining trait. The two awkward ones. Boy, um Sorry to intrude. Anything we can help with? Um, our our granddaughter is is missing. It's it's. I I'm sorry. I'm. It's, we're a little we're a little bound up in our our grief right now. She's been gone for two days. Two days. Has anybody helped you? Uh, we 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 brought it to the attention of the guard and. We were told that she probably just ran off to play and Two days, though. she'd probably show up with a full belly of full of candy or some such nonsense. Um, if it could ease your mind, is there anything we can do to help? Um, she she tends to like to run after and talk to the miners when they go out into the hills. And normally she just follows their wagons out of town and then she comes back. She knows most of them by name. It's just now she hasn't come back. It's a a favorite place or person that she follows. It's the men from the Green Pick Mines. Can you tell us about those blokes? 
grandfather looks just a little uncomfortable. He goes, I may have brought her to the tavern one night. Sure. And struck up a conversation with them. And I've been talking with them for months. They, they're very nice gentlemen. I have no concerns about that. Just they haven't seen her either. Right. They said that she followed them in their wagon to the outskirts of town. And then they thought she went back like she always does. Um, what's her name? It's Severna. S-V-I-R-N-A. Severna. Beautiful name. What does Severna look like? She's about 10. She has shoulder-length blonde hair. She has blue eyes. She's in slight of build. She always wears a green bow that her mother gave her. Thank you. Uh, we're new to town, but uh, this sounds like something that we could put our time to. Which tavern? Where? Um, it would be the Gilded Pig. And he describes where it's at. It's kind of on the west side of town. <laughs> Look, this might seem unrelated, but it actually is. It's not vain, as much as it'll seem. Uh, do you happen to know the nearest jeweler to the Gilded Pig? The husband looks a little weirded out, but he describes a jeweler shop that's only would be a couple blocks down, essentially. From the Gilded Pig. <laughs> Listen, uh, um, it sounds odd, but just I want to leave you with peace that it's for a purpose related to that of magic. Dory just writes a note. S- stop digging. <laughs> just, just, just stop. It's just, it's, it's a rot story, and um, I like snap my finger and. At the tip of my finger is a flame, and I just say, "It's it's all right. It's, um, we're all magic users here, and um, we use it to help people." And I kind of snuff the flame, and I say, "the the jeweler will help us with some components we need for some spells." I just want to let you know, this is something we take seriously, and I want to leave you that piece. Thank you, and we'll do what we can to help. As soon as the flame comes out on the tip of your finger, the husband steps back. He's I don't need any help from... And the wife just stops him. Just stop it. Stop it, Devin. If they can help... Dory just mimes digging a hole. Quill has a brief flashback about the last time we helped people. <laughs> stop it, Devin. If, if they can help bring Sphina back... We need whatever help we can get. We can't find her. And she turns and you hear the husband muttering under his breath, but she turns and look, we have a small amount of savings 
we're willing to pay you if you can bring back our our granddaughter. Just we will take whatever help we can get, and you're the only help we can get. Well, we'll do what we can. I promise. Jory writes them a note. We're awkward, but we're good at stuff like this. <laughs> we are quite keen at finding lost things. We'll try our best. Anyway, good eye. Thank you. And you hear the husband muttering and kind of stomps into the house. Sits in a rocking chair on the porch and he's just rocking angrily. Uh, what's my range? I, but, uh, like, just, you know, 10 feet away, I use Prestidigitation again and just cast a f- little firework that pops underneath the chair. <laughs> and he falls over backwards, breaks his neck. No, that's... <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> no. Helping no, no. people. <laughs> Are we the bad guys? <laughs> Was an accident. <laughs> Anyways, no, he jolts and falls out of the chair and glares at you and i bow story makes a mental note that we have to have conversations about using magic among the people the humans that don't like it <laughs> as we are as we were walking away a secret a similar story explaining how people feel about nobles mm-hmm. here in test i think at least from my experience thus far People aren't very keen on magic. And I, oh. I, I don't want to say that we shouldn't represent ourselves as we are. But antagonizing them seems unnecessary. Fair. I can't help a good practical joke here and there. But point taken. That's, that's fair. But with us, it's fine. With humans, they're a little touchy. They, they get... They get spooked easy. At least the ones that came merchants to our tribe. And we, we try to avoid spooking them too much. They they like pitchforks and fire a lot more than we do. Right, fair. Kids, on the other hand? Your kids love it. I just said kids die. <laughs> kids love. It's fair. Um, oh, I will try my best. To be fair, I did grow up around almost entirely magic. My, my family and the elves. So uh, this is a new experience with me where there's very few magic uses. So at the point where... So are we going to... A jeweler, I guess. The the jeweler or the bar? Probably stop to the jeweler first before the bar. Okay. Um, On the way... Tavern, sorry, fantasy world. Um, on the way, if I see people who need to be relieved of their gold, we have to eat. And my friend is broke, so. One of your friends is broke. One of my friends is broke. Mind you, I didn't say I would give up my gold. Fair. You did not say that you were going to give up any of your gold. And I would have been very surprised if Story was like, oh, yeah. If there happens to be people on our way. Yeah, I mean, there's people all over the place. So go ahead. Should I slide of hand? Throw me a roll, please. 21. Oh, my gosh. 
Plus nine. Oh yeah. Gosh. Okay. Oh, We're the boy. heroes, everyone. The heroes. <laughs> We're the heroes, we promise. <laughs> I had specifics. There are people who need to be relieved of their gold. Poor people don't need to be relieved of gold. Is there a specific type of person that you're trying to target? Because they're everything from like miners all the way up to like fancy dressed uh, like merchant folk. Oh, the fancy dressed merchant folk. The miners work for a living. Okay. I mean, yes, merchants do too, but this is a fantasy world. You get their coin purse. Sweet. How much? Oh my god. Okay, I shouldn't have rolled like that. Uh, you get a hundred silver pieces. Ten gold, right? Ten gold pieces. And no, that's that's where we're going to end it right there. They're not that rich here. Ten platinum. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe <laughs> no, no, that's going to break the economy. <laughs> Okay, well, then what I'm going to do with those hundred silver pieces is put them in Quill's pocket. So all of a sudden, there's just <laughs> now money in my pocket? Yep. Along with the coin purse? Yep. It's a finely embroidered coin purse worth at least four gold. Yeah, it's now in, unless I can slide of hand and he can notice it. I feel like I'd notice a hundred silver pieces in my pocket no matter what. Plus nine. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Plus nine. <laughs> Staring intently at you. <laughs> <laughs> she just like hands you something and then like slips it in your bag at the same time. No, no, I just, I purely want it to be that he finds it. I like I definitely won't notice you putting it in, but I mean, it's hard not to notice that weight. Well, yeah, no, the, the idea is you'd find it later on. This isn't my bag. Somewhat like somebody taping $10 to your wall. <laughs> Weird. I don't know mm -hmm. what you're talking about. Who would have done that at your house? How long did it take you guys to find it? Weeks. I'm so proud. <laughs> well, the worst part is, is you put it under what, like, my dog's harness, which means we have gone that long without taking him for a walk. So... And a hat. Yeah, I expected yes. him to find it like the next day. No, yeah. no. Going back to our our podcast, <laughs> you added the hundred silver, right? Yep. The jeweler's name, or the the name of the shop, I should say, is Fanciful Thing. <laughs> yeah, it seems like the place. Fanciful things. And it has a carving of a necklace inlaid with silver. And story steals the sign. <laughs> and nobody notices. How did she climb up, unhook the sign, get it down and stick it in her bag without any of us noticing? <laughs> so you walk in. The shop is small, but it is very nice. All around the walls are shelves of encased glass rings and necklaces and sometimes just ornate 
metalwork in gold and silver and rare metals are just on display in every corner of this place. Behind the counter or behind some of these lower glass display cases, you see a very short, thin gnome. And he just has a little figurine of a unicorn in his hand. It has rubies for eyes, and he's just talking to it, making it prance around on his hand. And he's making little... <coughs> and then he looks up, oh, hello. Sorry, sorry to bother you. Uh, we actually stopped in. We were looking for a couple of things, if uh, you might have them in. Oh, yeah. What kind of stuff do you need? Uh, I was looking for... Well, a uh, a shot of glass, probably about yay big, couple of inches. Glass. Glass, yes. I, I don't know if you would carry something like it, maybe a mirror, or, uh, a looking glass or something. And he kind of looks, you guys have been on the road for several days, so you're probably pretty dusty and dirty. And I'm there. You know, this is this is a nice like jewelry shop. I want to be up front with you. Right. Uh, yeah, it's just a stick. Right. Just hold that thought and I pull up my wand. Uh, Quill, may I? Uh, yes, go ahead. And I press to digitate Quill off and then myself clean. Uh, story, <laughs> story. <laughs> Listen, story, you're so sneaky. I'll forget you standing even next to me. Just completely ignore the Kenku in the room, just covered in dust. Please, sword story. There you are. You were so short that he just looked right over you. <laughs> Around this much wealth, story is instantly in stealth mode. That's what it is. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Everything in this room can fit in her pockets. The, the other thing I was looking for was a, uh, a gemstone or diamond worth about 50 gold. Do you have a preference for gemstone? Because I've, I've in the back, I've, I've probably I've got a lot of different kinds of gemstones that have come out of the mines. So. Diamond. Ah, one moment. He walks in back and he comes out and he's got a little felt bag opens it up and inside there's several different diamonds of various sizes and quality and some of them are even uncut Dari starts to drool and shake a little so Ziggurat Ziggurat and I don't know if if and Quill might but Ziggurat probably has quite a bit of experience around this spell chromatic orb and knows like the type of diamond to look for. Is it possible to do like some sort of? Can I can I tell what diamond would be suitable? Yeah, for, for chromatic orb. Yeah, I mean you could do like an arcana. I would think. Okay. Okay. okay Fifteen. Is there a specific price on the diamond? You said fifty. Fifty is what minimum. Yep, it's worth. 50 yeah, the gold. valued yep. at fifty or whatever. And you look through and you select one that you think should work. I kind of like I'm picking through and 
hold it up for Quill. Do you mind if um, hands out, not stealing? Do you mind if I inspect myself? By all means. Sure. Um, Quill, um, what do you think of this one here? Quill will touch it. <laughs> hold it up about, you know, yay big, probably. I mean, that's still a huge diamond, like, this big. Yeah, it's it's probably, like, it doesn't need to be particularly well cut, so. There's a bird beak, like, right under it. <laughs> storm, storm. <laughs> Just calm down. <laughs> yeah, Quill, Quill will touch it, and it feels about right, I I haven't really had much opportunity with them. I mean, mother had one. Yeah, my father did. Never let me touch it. Um, it feels feels right. Um, yeah, this particular diamond is interesting. Um, how much would you value it? He looks at it and he actually says a price that. Story would know is about 20% under the going rate for diamond. Under? Yes. I, 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 I quick make a note and make sure that the shopkeeper can't see it. Like, so just me to DM, like, it's cheaper than Story would understand it to be? Yes. Mining town. Mining town. Hmm. Which would be in the note. <laughs> right. Don't act shocked. Act a little offended. This. <laughs> and, and totally, by the way, full knowing I'm taking over this conversation on purpose from, from Quill. Um, Mark to John, I am absolutely shopping this for you. Okay, that's fine. So, Zirit goes, um, what do you say? 30, 30 gold for this? And he looks at it. He goes, "You know, um, the the gems from the mines here they they sparkle just a little more than most of the normal gems. What would you say? Say to thirty seven. This one in particular, I like it, and it has potential. But it's not sparkling as much as the others next to it. Let me consult with my gem man. He holds the horse up to his ear." <laughs> Thirty-five. It sounds better. Wait, 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 secret. I think. I mean, if you're going to consult your your gem man, uh, it's only fair that we consult ours. And Quill will like look through Rava's eyes momentarily to see what he was like talking to. Notice it's like this little gemstone unicorn, and be like, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> And from thin air, produce this very shiny, sparkly, like opulescent unicorn <laughs> out of thin air, and hold it up to Zigrid. What? <clears throat> Let me consult Mon. Or he's trying not to just go. Thirty. What? Nay. <clears throat> Thirty is what this one said. This is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. What was the price? Uh, 30. <laughs> 30? Oh my god. I'm thinking 30. I mean, not me, the professional here. Notice this This one's bigger than yours. Just <laughs> more experience. Mind you, you actually have a professional with you. 
We do. <laughs> but she also defers to the unicorn. <laughs> so we consult this opulent unicorn that we produce from thin air. Looks a little sadly down at his unicorn. And he lifts it back up to his ear. <laughs> and then, could you guys do a perception check for me? Perception or persuasion? Perception. Oh, perception. 19. Ah, this dice! <sighs> Natural one for a two. Uh, an 8 for a 19. Uh, that is a natural 20 for a 24. Do you have Rava out or no? Yeah, yeah, I'm still looking through Rava's eyes. Okay, so you both see the unicorn actually nods its head <laughs> and whips its mane around for a second. And tiny little chains of rubies for its mane flip back and forth for just a second. And he looks down at it in surprise. Deal. 30 gold. Pleasure. And I hand him 30 gold. We're stealing this unicorn. There are plans. We're stealing this. This magic unicorn. Story is checking the exits, looking for traps. Uh, Ziggurat definitely didn't notice a damn thing about that unicorn. Yeah. Once we leave, uh, Quill will definitely be filling in the rest of the party that didn't notice about this fucking living unicorn. Yeah. yeah. So are you guys actually leaving then right away? I think so. Oh, yeah. What about the glass? Sorry, there was uh, other shopping items. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you know if where I could get a, a shot of glass? I actually do need one. He looks around for a second and... You, you see, like, a glass decanter full of, like, shitty candy that he leaves out for his customers, and he just picks it up and, like, breaks it, and he, like, picks it up, and he's like, ten silver. That that must hurt a lot. And I'll, I'll hand over the ten silver. <laughs> From a new bag that you never knew you had. He hands you a piece of glass. <laughs> Would you like the rest? I'll give you a bulk discount. Uh, no, no, thank you. Uh, too much shop glass is dangerous. As you guys are walking out, um, eh? Dragonborn, is, is that a wand? Um, I see. The family heirloom? Because would you be willing to part ways with it? Um, sorry, mate. No. And he goes, are you sure? What? And he pulls out a large bag of gold from behind the counter. Dory writes a note and addresses it, Human! He said no. Uh, gnome. Okay, fine. Gnome! <laughs> he said no. Okay. You know where I am if you ever change your mind. Right. Um, probably, probably not going to happen, mate. Appreciate the offer. Not for your store, to be honest. <laughs> not for all the gems in the store. Okay. You, you, you know where I am. And he goes back behind the counter and he leans against the wall and you just see him peering up over the counter with his unicorn stroking its mane. As the rest of us exit, Quill kind of like leans the opulent unicorn around the corner. Nay! <laughs> and then makes it vanish. Story looks at you guys and signs first. And if that doesn't work, she writes a note. Do people call you by your race where you guys come from? That's been happening a lot. And no, we we have names. All right, it's true. Um, 
Yeah. It's not many. Um, I'm probably pretty rare for around these parts. We all are. I'm sure he would have seen Kegu in Tabaxi. Um, at least he didn't call me a dragon. Obviously, that gets me frustrated when people call me a dragon. Or I, I'm honestly kind of surprised they haven't called me House Cat yet. Uh... Sora, I didn't offer him my name. Just feels icky. That particular thing doesn't get under my scales. Um, the people in Dogglebun, yeah, they can go fuck off. No. Also, that uh, that small shopkeeper. His little unicorn actually moved. I want that. Uh, I want the moving unicorn. Did you see it whip its hair back and forth? It it did. It whipped its little mane back and forth. A little decorative fit thing. Yes. Yes. No. It was alive. No. Yes. I want it. It both terrifies me and intrigues me. I, I kind of want to take oh. it from him, but I know that's kind of wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alignment shift. Story has never loved anyone the way she loves you right now. <laughs> it's odd. It's it's honestly kind of a weird moral conflict because that thing is. It's it's not particularly my taste, but I I'd really want to take it. Yes, and we can do that. Uh, but first, we should help these nice folk. We should help these people. Um, Indeed. Um, the tavern's not far. Yes, uh, let's go see if we can get some information out of these patrons, and then from there, I guess, leave town and talk to the the miners that but, might have seen her last. Uh, at the very least, um, see if the miners are in the bar. That's, that might be easier. Title down the road to the Gilded Pig. You guys head down the street. And it becomes readily apparent what building houses the gilded pig. Is there anyone on the way who needs their gold relieved? <laughs> you just got to keep keep pushing that until you get caught. And I'm okay with it. Go ahead and roll. This is what I do. Fifteen. Six plus nine is 15. You sneak your sneaky little birdie hand into their pocket. And as you're pulling a few coins out, your hand catches for just a second. And your mark continues walking on like nothing happened. But inside, your heart is racing and you're pretty sure you might have pooped a little bit. Fine, I'm a bird. <laughs> Just a large white swath, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you get 86 silver. 86 silver? Mm-hmm. Gotta get paid somehow. Literally what she does. You guys approach the building that was described to you outside as a large sign that takes up the majority of the side of the building. Billboard sized on the side of this tavern. Inlaid into the sign is just a large, polished brass pig that is clearly supposed to be a gilded pig. 
when you walk into the establishment, it's a fairly bustling place. It's clean. It's probably the cleanest tavern you guys have been in thus far. I'm assuming like Ziggurat's little inn was probably really clean, but this is like a proper, like full establishment. It's pretty nice. The pints are all on display. They appear to be actually nice and they have little gilt pigs on each one of them around the outsides of the room carved on all of the trim are little tiny pigs painted yellow on each table there is a large pig painted so you're saying there's a theme there is a theme you have walked into a theme bar and it is just on the wrong side of tacky oh you were muted dan (laughs) Yeah, I was literally just trying to figure out how Story would lean over and be like, I feel a theme. (laughs) So the counter itself, it's broken up into two levels. One is slightly higher than what you would normally see at a tavern, and then one is much lower. Walking back and forth, you see a dwarf and a gnome. And there is clearly a set of steps from one level to the other for the gnome to traverse back and forth so he can make it up and reach the the counter. Most knowledgeable person in the room is oftentimes the one serving drinks. Fair. Right. Well, I suppose the round is due for everyone. Bartender, three drinks here. I think I can pay for it. Quinn will pull out this, kind of feel this bag in his pocket finally. Yeah, I, I, I can cover this round. And you feel like an oddly, like it is an embroidered coin purse that you don't recall before. Don't remember that stitching, but all of a sudden, story is very distracted. Quill, Quill actually like goes out of Rava's sight because of all of them like kitschy pigs. <laughs> this is too much. It's real in your face about it too. There's no subtlety to the gilded pig. It's just tacky yellow and brass pigs. Everywhere. Oh, goodness. Yes, this place is fine. Yes, this is great. Um, and like even the two bartenders have like tunics with like a stitched yellow pig on the front. Story is loving it. If you want to go back into the, the demi plane, I, I don't blame you. This is this is a little too much. Snap my fingers, Rava vanishes between my ears. Yeah, that's this is, this is too much. Slap some coins down on the countertop. Bartender, three drinks, please. And um, if you have a moment, uh, we're new to town here. Soon as he hears the clack of the coins hitting the the countertop, you see the dwarf just kind of snaps his head over. What what can I what can I get you guys? Are you just like, are you guys on business or would you like a table? Yeah, yeah we're here at the bar. That's it. Um. Okay, can can I offer you some appetizers from the Please. house menu while you're at the bar? No, we're good. You sure we got a two-for-one special? Uh, we'll take you the discounted ale. At least oh, I will. Dory puts her hand on cigarette and gives him the most... You said no to food? Look. Two-for-one special of what exactly? Two-for-one. Uh, we have a really good 
fried goat cheese. Cheese, you say? It's really good. We also have these really good spinach ramp. It's got cured mutton. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's uh, let's have it. Let's have it then. He comes out a few minutes later, flashes, really, your drinks down on the counter. And the, you notice the counter, it's clean, but like it's still, for whatever reason, it's got that weird, I don't know why, but every themed bar I've ever been to, like the cup still sticks to the fucking countertop, even though they just washed it. It's got that going for it. You mean every bar ever? He, he comes out and he brings like an appetizer tray and it's got the fried goat cheese. And it kind of looks like someone cut off someone's finger and then, like, just tossed it in a vat of lard. It doesn't look that appetizing. Then you bite into it, and it's super greasy, but it's the good greasy. It's that, like, delicious lava. It's a good call, Quill. Thoria said no. Well, we, we didn't exactly have a real breakfast, so uh, I, th- I think this was worth it. The spinach wrap is just so-so. Listen, before you scoot off again, uh, we just had a few questions. We are here on business a little bit. Um, we understand that this is where uh, a lot of the green pick miners come to um, give you patronage. We just had some questions. If you've seen any of the miners around here, questions for them specifically. They're they're regulars. That whole crew, they come in. They've got a mine way to the north of town. There's probably only, I don't know how well you know the area, but we have two or three main roads that go up north into the mountains and the hills. And the Green Pick Mining Company, there's just kind of to the east a little further. And they pass lots of other mines, but they come here at the end of the day. They're usually sometimes... When the crew, they get the day off or something, they'll come in. I'm actually, now that you mentioned, I think, and he's one of those like fast talking, like themed bar salespeople. And he's like, I'm pretty sure they're back there. You know, I could get you a table just next to them if you really wanted. Okay. We could stand in. We can just walk over and talk to them. Okay. Let me know if you want like any menus or if you want some waters or we've got like a sweet tea. All right, and I slide over a silver on the table to him. It's so right. We'll tend to ourselves. Story grabs a, a menu. And he grabs a silver and he looks over at the gnome, puts it into his apron. How much were appetizers and drinks? Not super expensive. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm paying for it. So. <laughs> oh. Um, but we have to keep track of our money. A silver? Okay. For the appetizers? Which is actually probably pretty expensive, but yeah, but we're in an expensive town. It's overpriced themed bar food. Oh God, we've wandered into Applebee's. Yeah, did you catch that? That uh, that's kind of what I was modeling. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I was thinking more like you know Bubba Gumps or something, oh, where they have some like really good, like one or two really good dishes, oh, sure. and the rest are just like yeah. gross, greasy. Mm-hmm. The, the dishes that made them famous, and then there's just everything else, which is delivered by some. Uh, if there was like some sort of there was, there was like people playing dice games and stuff, I would have expected Dave and Buster's. But oh, there you go. Yeah, that would have been funny too. <laughs> uh, or any bar in Wisconsin. Yes, yeah, so we wander over to the table with the miners at it. At least Sigrid does. Yeah, yeah. I, I will like snap up a little bit more goat cheese. And <laughs> it's really good. 
It's really good. Weird how dairy is delicious to cats. <laughs> We're gonna keep gonna keep playing that trail, aren't we? Love it. Forever. And as you approach, there's probably five miners, and it's a good mix. It's one human, two dwarves. Actually, sorry, three dwarves and a gnome. They all look pretty muscled, and they're they don't look like they worked at all today. Like they've got clean clothes on, they don't look dirty. They don't look worn out. They're just there having a good time. Now remember, Ziggurat, Terslanders, afraid of magic. <sighs> I suppose I'll have to do this the normal way. Um, evening, fellas. Evening. How's it going? Ah, that's pretty good. Uh, listen, yeah, it's probably odd having a couple of beings like ourselves walk up to a few people like you trying to eat your meals. I just happened to stumble upon an, an elderly couple that were looking for their granddaughter, Svena, and we heard that Svena likes to tag along with your group, perhaps not yourselves, but at least blokes from your group, yeah, before you go out mining. Um, have you... You had a Sphina at all? Little little girl, blonde hair? All of them nod. They're like, yeah, Sphina, yeah. They were asking about Sphina back back at the mine. It's we haven't seen her. It's it's been a couple days. We're all starting to kind of get worried. She's she's a great kid. Did she follow any of you here at the at the table? Uh the last time she was seen? You know, the gnome pipes up. You know, I I was on the wagon a couple days ago and she followed us out to the edge of town and she turned back. I didn't see where she went after that, but. Was she still on the road when you saw her last? You know, I I think so. We were there. There's a couple of mines that split off just to the side, just outside of town there. Honestly, I say goodbye and then boys start chit chatting and we start talking about how we're doing this that and the other thing and i i just honestly i didn't even pay any attention i just i said my goodbye and that was kind of my day story brings out her her notebook of many pages and opens to a new one and and writes down can you quick map the mines and 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 hands it to makes her intention clear so he doodles it's pretty shitty and i'm sure it's mapped by committee because it's a bunch of you know miners no 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 it curves it curves more right there you this looks like shit god no 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 it, it's more of a more of a hook right there it's just no and you should left. know that that mine doesn't go there oh my god this guy four pages later <laughs> Yeah, and they just like rip it up and like throw it over their shoulder. Need another page. Give me another page. I'll do it. I'll do it. This guy's an idiot. Eventually, they come up with a product that they're all, none of them are happy with it. And they're all blaming the other people. But they got through it. Basically, it shows three main roads leading out of town to the north. The one furthest to the east is the one that they mark with the road to the mine. They've marked their mine on there as a point of reference, which is way down into the mountains. 
and it's kind of down towards the end of the road. There's a series of abandoned mines that are closer to town that have kind of run out. There's still a few people that might go there occasionally to get stone or whatever else they might need, but they're not getting ore or gems out of there anymore. And then there's one or two more productive mines down a little bit further, and then they kind of mark the outskirts of town and where where they last saw Servina. This is great. It'll be very helpful. We did tell her grandparents that we would help find her as best we could. Tell me, is there any any stories you've seen yourself or um, heard from friends around the area? Any odd behavior? Does it seem like she wandered off, or could there potentially be other dangers in the area? You guys are, like, talking, and they're making the map. They're all drinking. The one guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, God, don't fucking get him started. No, 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 they need to know. And they're like, would you just shut up with your stupid abduction story? Story 100% orders him a new drink and sits right in front of him. It's one of the dwarves. His beard is very ornately braided and he's bushy. It's like splayed out with tiny little braids. Yeah. Okay. So Story is spending a silver and getting more of those, uh, the appetizer and buying him a beer. She'll spend two silver with a tip. His nose, he's, he's got like little telangiectasias from drinking too frequently too much. Um, and he's sitting there. He's slurring his words a little bit. He kind of hunches over his beard and he's like, you know, I uh, I missed the wagon out to the mine a couple weeks ago. I had to walk. It was still dark out in the morning. Weirdest thing. I was walking all by myself on the road. And then this bright light came out of nowhere. <laughs> you wanted spooky. Not all spooky stuff starts out spooky, Josh. No, no, this is perfectly fine. Was the lot, uh, did it originate from a specific location off the road? It just seemed to float across the fields out mm-hmm. from one of the old mines. Right. Uh, which are the old mines on this map here? He leans over, he's like, squints at it a little bit, mm-hmm. takes another pull of his drink, marks it sloppily but it definitely pinpoints to one of the closer mine, just on the outskirts of town. How much does Ziggurat buy what's going on with this guy? Aliens. And again, story is here for it. Quill does pick up like all the discarded pieces of paper. Quill picks them up. Paper, paper's expensive, yo. Why don't you go ahead and roll me a insight check? Oh, sorry, you must have a 12. Yeah, it's kind of tough to tell. He's been drinking. He kind of seems like one of those guys at the bar that likes to tell tall tales. Sure, like everybody around him was kind of like, oh my gosh. But he seems committed. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. guess that's the best you can get out of him. I mean, your compatriots could roll insight if they wanted to. Uh, This is the best lead we've gotten so far. Quill's just rolling with it. 15. Story. As far as you can tell, he fully believes what he's saying. 
there's definitely a little bit of boozy in there and you're not entirely convinced that he wasn't drinking when this happened from what you can tell what did quill get quill just believes it for all intents and purposes this is the best lead and coming from the desert there are similar people that are like oh no there are like the dust devils come and take people but there's always like a kernel of fact of why these stories occur quill is quill is fine with it okay Zigrid's like uh well i think we've expanded all our efforts here i might as well explore the area ourselves uh, thank you gentlemen believe me we'll let you know if we find anything and then and then the guy's like well but wait yeah. i didn't even get to the part where they tried to take me story sits down um, that came out wrong they tried we can put two and two together mate didn't turn out well but you're still here um how many of them were there i only saw the one but it it grabbed me with these weird tentacles and it tried to drag me away, but I, I managed to fight it off. I ran and ran and ran to the mine. That's that was pretty much my story. OK, thank you. Another round for these fellas here. And Ziggur will pay for another round for the miners. They'll cheer and clap you on the back. Should we find lodgings here first? Or you just want to hit the road and find this girl? I mean, Tom is of the essence. Like the day's still relatively fresh. We can, mm-hmm. we can at least check outside of town. Best time to go find creepy creatures is at night. Um, off we go. Uh, how much is the damage for buying around for everyone? Couple silver. Okay. They're getting, they're getting the cheap booze. <laughs> oh no no no. Story bought her story man, like the full the equivalent of the like light up bottom take home tiki cup. Oh yeah, yeah. As we as we leave the bar, Quill, and kind of holding these these excess pages, uh, story, you you should yank the map out of the book real quick. Her feathers ruffle. And you almost see a tear as she rips a page out of her book. And then she just hands the map off and, and like, holds her book. No, no. Uh, do you mind if... Do you need anything else in that book, like, written on? Like, my journal book? Do I need my journal? Yes? There's other, other, other pages you want to have writing on already. I, I, I notice you use it a lot for talking, and eventually you're going to run out of pages. But I, I have a thing that might help with that. What, what do you have? But I, I don't want to, like, accidentally erase anything that you need. No, I, I write my letters with other paper. This is really just a communication notebook. Okay, uh, if, you would, if you wouldn't mind. She hands it over very cautiously and keeps her eye on it. Quill is going to attempt to mend the book, taking the four extra pages that were damaged and ripped out and kind of stacking them on top of it and try to mend it back to a clean book. And that uses a diamond, right? No. It uses my cantrip spell. Do I mend this journal back together? Absolutely. Okay. I give her, I give Story back a, a fresh journal with all clean pages. Yeah, very, very excited. 
world's going to be so much cheaper now. Well, not that she was spending a whole lot of money on her. So yeah, if, if your journal ever fills up, or you just want a clean slate to talk to more people, I, I can do that again. She gives you a hug. It's, it's, uh, it's very nice. Thank you. It's kind of uncomfortable, like that tenseness. <laughs> There's still a little bit there, but... Oh, she leans into the, just the awkward. Oh, oh yeah, we're back. We're, we're back out of the bar. It snaps my fingers. <laughs> Summon Rava back out. <laughs> Rava back out. It's okay now. It's safe. I was going to try to steal cups. Oh, well, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You guys are heading... Outside of town. Yeah, we're, we're... Yeah, we're heading out of town, basically trying to get to the, the mine that he claims to have saw the event. Let's get to this weird old mine. <laughs> Phantasmal event. Little girl disappears around there. We're, go check it out. So you guys head out town. They've marked a few notable locations in town. Nothing super extravagant. There's a tanner. There's a blacksmith that you pass. Yeah, it's the blue-collar old guy map. Yeah, basically. Oh, there's the bait shop. So you get to the outskirts of town, and things kind of open up. Whereas to the northeast, where you guys came into town, it was fairly heavily wooded, and then it just opened up to town. To the north of town's actually kind of barren. Okay? And you can see the slope of the hills going up into the mountains. And you can see from your perspective on this this path or road that the other two roads gearing off to the northwest. As you go along, there's less and less brush. You start seeing more stumps and then just dirt. And even most of the large stones are missing. And it's just mounds of dirt and paths leading off to the left and right with deep ruts where wagons have passed back and forth many times. When you get to the path that's marked on your map and you start leading off to the east a little bit, before you is a long field with dark brown dirt. Here and there you can see some smaller rocks but you also see these long tendrils of vines crawling over the ground in thick mats. Here and there amongst the vines, you see large pumpkins. At the end of the path, a large wooden and iron doorway that leads directly into the side of a rock face. And do any of you speak? Dwarvish? No? Okay, so you see strange dwarven runes over the top of it. This is an interesting garden. Um, uh, who wants to go fast? How, how bad is it? Well, um, clearly it's a quarry. Um, there's lack of stone, mostly gravel around here. And it's pumpkin, which is odd. Pumpkins? Large pumpkins, yeah. It doesn't look like the garden type. Um, there's a iron door leading into the side of the mountain. Um, some sort of blocky 
scripts writing on the wall. I don't know. It's just funny. Um, while they're talking, Story is going to stealth up to the door. Hey, roll me a stealth roll, please. And see if there are any traps. Quill, Quill's going to peek an eye through Rava and, and look look for these pumpkins. Be like, what the hell is... Are you going near them or are you sending Rava? N- uh, no, just looking through Rava's eyes. Quill's probably never seen a pumpkin before. As a player, imagine a large chest-high pumpkin. Very big pumpkin. Very big. It's not well-formed. There's large lumps and masses all over the surface of it. And it is kind of a deep, rusty orange color, much duller than typical pumpkin that you've seen. Some of them almost look like they're rotting. Whereas normally with a, like a pumpkin vine, you'd see like these thick green vines with leaves on them. These are simply like dried, withered, brown Thick, ropey vines leading into the mat of vines that kind of covers the ground except for the path. Uh, we should give give Anne her her trap check, and then uh, then definitely Quill's gonna approach this pumpkin. Okay, so Story <laughs> got a twenty-two, killed that roll. So Story, you start. Stealthing up the way very sneakily, so sneakily, even that your compatriots don't really pay attention or notice. Yeah, they were talking, so she just left. You get to the door without incident. You have to kind of sidestep because whereas the path is mostly clear of these vines, there are a few of them that are kind of draped over the road. You manage to get through without stepping or tripping on any of them or snapping any twigs or anything like that. Now, I'd like you to do an investigations roll. Thirteen. Thirteen. So looking at the door, checking it for traps, you don't see any obvious traps. It's got a fairly simple latch on the door. It looks like it's been closed for at least... A few weeks. There's some pollen and dust from the surrounding field on top of the latch and the bar that goes across it. But there's just something odd about the door and the surrounding area around the door. Okay, she's going to hop back as stealthily and carefully as she can and interrupt her guys and, and inform them. Quill is stepping off the path towards this pumpkin. <laughs> so, so you say, are, are they edible then? Or is it like... Um, normally, yeah, but these aren't the ones that we grew in our garden. And not nearly. I mean, there's different varieties, but um, to be honest, usually things don't grow off of dead vines, and these vines look dead. Uh, do they normally get this big? This is it's quite impressive. Um, sure. I mean, yeah. They've tended well enough. Sure. Mm-hmm. Edible? Sure. Okay. At times. Cleaves is a stick to poke it. All of a sudden, the vines surrounding the largest pumpkin start shifting, and the massive vines separates away from it. And underneath the vines, 
you see a wickedly ripped open side of it in the shape of a jagged maw. And a light is coming from the inside of it. And this eerie smoke pours from the mouth. And two holes open up above the mouth. And it looks out at you. Several vines are just whipping randomly around it. And it starts to roll. Or he hid. She's already hidden. She's... A cigarette, I don't like pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we're going to end our episode. I want to thank everyone in our chat. I think there's actually a couple people in there. Thank you for sticking in there and actually watching. I really appreciate anyone coming to listen to our content. We are Uber Geek Media. This is a live recording of In Absentia. If you like what you heard tonight, I encourage you to follow us here on Twitch. Also, if you're listening to this in podcast forum, please subscribe to the RSS feed so you get updates whenever a new episode comes out. Episodes drop every Monday, every single week. Please spread the love for In Absentia to your friends, family, any social media that's always appreciated. We are trying to grow as a podcast and as a company. Once again, my name is Steve. I've been the GM tonight. I have next to me, Mark. Mark, I've been Ziggert, the Dragonbone Sorcerer, and you can find me here. And then Anne. Hi, I'm Anne. I have been Story the Kenku Rogue. And you can find my social media at the Crafty Heathen. But honestly, I'm here. This I I don't think I've logged in in a while. Then John. Hi, I've been Quill, the Tabaxi Wizard, and you can find me at Seasonal Bard on Twitter and Twitch sometimes, and sometimes Reddit, but rarely, but mostly also here. <laughs> And soon enough, you'll be able to find all of them in the gullet of a horrifying pumpkin monster. Yay. Yeah, I'm here to piss off gourds. That's my job. The gourd lord. You can also catch me tomorrow, along with Mark and Anne, and some other friends of ours, as at 6 p.m. Central, as we uh, play the Wolf's Well, I run the Wolf's Wood, and they play it. There will also be similar spooky stuff going on. But probably not gourds. Nice. Spooky. <laughs> it's one of the, as you were describing the pumpkin, I'm like, oh, that's the monster. Oh, it's a mimical lantern. It's a, it's a mimical lantern. <laughs> that's what's going to kill us.